Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Ho! <laughs> wow. <laughs> little little bit of variety on that one, you know? Yeah. I didn't even make it through. I didn't even make it through. It's kind of late. One. I hope I didn't. Connor, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Connor, Connor's fine. Connor's my roommate. It's realized it's kind of recording kind of late tonight. We are. Um, we are. It's ten o'clock. It's ten o'clock. Um, yeah, we had we have a dual recording night tonight. Um, getting a little bit ahead because uh, we're gonna be. I'm gonna have a busy couple weeks. Uh, I'm not gonna be as available as I normally am uh, for some exciting reasons, which yeah, I will explain. Yeah. So kind of kind of teased it in the fighting games episode a little bit and now we're gonna complete the tease and give you <laughs> the answer y'all are looking for um i am moving to la uh very very excited um so those that don't know i'm in san diego right now lucas is in la um i fucking love san diego i've been here for uh seven years since Dang, um, seven years yeah, I came here in 2014. Actually, this month is seven years. Yeah, I came here. I started college at SDSU in uh, August 2014. And since then, San Diego has been my main place of uh, a residence. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little sad to be leaving, but very excited to, to try something new. It seems like a good time to do it. I can afford to make the move right now. And I have... Um, I, you know, Lucas is in LA and has some other friends up there as well. And then other friends close nearby as well. I'll be a little bit closer to family too, which I'm excited about. And um, it's going to be a good time. Hey, and I'm, I'm excited, I'm excited to live in a city of culture. I, um, I am excited. Yeah. I'm it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. Uh, really excited to explore LA too. I know I'm, I don't know if we, if we have any listeners from San Diego, some of my friends listening from San Diego, probably, um, San Diego is cool, but I feel like there's not as much culture here, whereas obviously LA will have a lot of that. So I'm just excited to explore that and, uh, and try and you something are, new. You are a man of culture. Oh, that's, yes. That's, that's the first thing. That's the first thing that people actually say that's, um, about you. That's the first thing my Tinder bio says. Yeah, um, you are a man, man of culture, culture <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. When, when you came it to me with say this that, news. I promise. <laughs> when, you, when you came to me with this news like a couple months ago, um, or like, yeah, I guess it was like, <laughs> not couple, even like three weeks ago honestly yeah, like three from, weeks from, ago you from recording day yeah came to me with the idea and um of wanting to come out here come up here and you know obviously i love it in this city and um i love that i've i've made the leap to move here and i mean it's it's hard to explain this city it's hard to explain most cities to people that live outside of them right like yeah. um understanding the appeal of of something like la is it's kind of difficult i get it you know if you come and visit it's not the greatest city to visit um, there is a lot of traffic. It is very dirty. There's just a lot of things that doesn't have going for it on a surface level. But hey, man, people here are really great. Uh, there's tons to do. There's no shortage of like culture and intersecting like diversity and just yeah. stuff. You know, everybody's very ambitious here, which is something that I really like about it. So um, Matt and I are no different. Um, we're looking to bring everybody some in-person live recordings and video content in the future, probably renting out some studio spaces pretty soon. So we'll be growing this podcast. Um, Matt is actually moving to a, a very, very close by to me. Um, so super stoked to uh, 
have those happy hours and get some drunk podcast ideas uh, <laughs> up in the air. <laughs> it's going to be oh, a yeah. good, a good, uh, good year, man. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of exciting stuff coming in. Uh, hold us accountable to that because I do want to start putting out more uh, video content. Ideally, who knows? Maybe we'll really get the YouTube uh, up, up and running finally. And your acting um, career, dude. Yeah, for those that don't know, I have um, a fledgling acting career that uh, is still budding. <laughs> um, you can look me up, uh, Matt Rockaby, if you can figure out how, how to spell my last name. You can find my IMDb. Uh, oh, man. He's in a short film. When you were that yeah. guy in that short film. Oh, in man, a Speedo. That was, that was so sick. Check out my booty. <laughs> um, but as much as I love short films today, um, we're also talking about short games. Ooh, um, good segue. Games that only run for 12 minutes. That's right, Lucas, today we are talking about the number one convoluted, scrappy, broken time loop simulator. 12 minutes. Da -da -da. Um, I lied a little bit there. Um, the game's longer than 12 minutes. The game's titled 12 minutes. Um, the game actually puts you into 12 minute loops. Um, and depending on how long it takes you to connect things in the game, you know, it can really be anywhere from like a four to maybe six or seven hour experience. Um, that said though, this game is very confusing. So before <laughs> Lucas and I get into it at all. I uh, really quickly would like to give everyone a brief synopsis of the game. Um, I'll keep it as spoiler light as I can, as always. But um, as we progress in the podcast, just know that spoilers will likely ensue here and there at certain points. Uh, again, we'll do our best to keep it light, but just nature of the beast with um, the brave light and work we That's do right. here. Um, so in 12 minutes, the player takes the role of a husband returning home after a long day of work to his wife. As their night at home continues, they eventually find themselves interrupted by a man claiming to be a cop. The man enters their home and restrains the husband and wife, accusing the wife of having killed her father eight years ago and asking her to give up a mysterious pocket watch. The wife claims to know nothing and the cop decides to attack you to try and, you know, strong arm <laughs> her into uh, giving up the watch. And of course, your wife is... She she really lets it ride on a while before she uh, <laughs> before out, she but, actually um, <laughs> she touches more than watches. <laughs> but anyway, once you take enough um, damage, you awaken from your time loop and restart. You you awaken and you find yourself in a time loop, and the evening restarts from when you first entered your home that night. And then with each time loop, uh, and each time loop ends when you either die, take enough damage, try to leave the apartment, or a full twelve minutes pass. It is up to the husband to figure out the mystery of what is going on with his wife, this mysterious cop, the pocket watch, and the time loop. All right. Good job. Good job. Good uh, Good spoiler light right there. Pretty much gave it the whole premise. Um, that's right, guys. Uh, 12, minutes, 12 Minutes is um, written and directed by Luis Antonio, Portuguese video game developer. Most notably, uh, his credits include What Remains of Edith Finch 
and the witness on the art side of things. So this is Luis Antonio's first time in the driver's seat, um, full creative control of a video game. And it's a much anticipated game, actually. Uh, there's been a lot of media and press behind this one for a while. Um, it actually got into, I don't know if you saw this one, Matt, but it got into the Tribeca Festival. Tribeca is the film festival. Yeah. Uh, Tribeca just recently started allowing video game submissions into um, it, you know, into the festival, and it got into super the cool. Tribeca, actually, that they're doing which is that. great. Very, yeah, it's very progressive. Really, it's pretty awesome. Um, that's that's a really great call by them. Most notably, Hollywood and just film, the film community and the cinema community in general has not been super welcoming for video games. Um, the Oscars, cough cough, um, <laughs> have not have not done a whole lot. Um, but anyway. 12 Minutes is a mystery wrapped in an enigma kind of game where you're in this mysterious loop and you're not quite sure why, you're not quite sure how to get out of it. And I realized, you know, we're we're a pro time loop podcast. I re- we really are. We have played a lot of time loop games, surprisingly. Yeah, it's kind of funny. As I was writing out like the, the, the simulator, you know, thing I do in the beginning, I was like, well, I was going to call it the number one time loop simulator, but we've we've done like at least six or seven time loop games at this point. So. Yeah, what what do we got? So I we mean, got we did Outer Wilds. We got um, Oxen Free. Oxen Free. We got what else? There's more than that. Um, some stuff is like Doki time, Doki, kinda. Yeah, some stuff is um, like time loop light. Yeah, like Doki Doki, sort of. Although even it's Undertale, kinda, kind of. That's what I was going to say too. Um, else, uh, Time travel, Chrono Trigger. Um, yes, that's a good one. That's a good one. Are there any others that we've done? Mm, I'm kind of looking right now. I don't. I don't think. I don't think we have actually. Okay. Well, maybe it seems like we've done more time loops because for some reason we we have. I guess <laughs> <laughs> it's still a lot right there. But this game right here, I think it. I I was so excited to jump in. Right. I mean, if you look at the trailer, the trailer is very intriguing. Um, it seems we're, like a we very both cool excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seems like such an intriguing thing. It's got an eight out of 10 by IGN. Um, it's got a 78 overall out of a hundred on Metacritic, but it's got a 53 out of a hundred for PC gamer. Um, many, even like IGN Portugal, which Luis Antonio is Portuguese. Um, they gave this a nine 90 out of a hundred. So nine out of 10 and like, wow. I mean, people really, really love this game. And as I started to kind of play it and dive into it, gotta say, I think it really missed the mark for me in a lot of ways. And 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 we'll just as we do with games that uh, we might criticize, that we might not like, we're gonna dive in here um, in all of our usual segments. But uh, yeah, Matt, I mean, give me some of your initial thoughts. Well, let's set the stage first, right? You know, we got um, Daisy Ridley. Oh yeah, the three voice actors. The in three the voice game. actors. Uh, respect. We have Daisy Ridley as the wife, James McAvoy as, as the, the husband. husband, Willem Dafoe, Daddy Dafoe. You Daddy know, Dafoe, you love dude. him playing the cop slash. Well, we'll keep this light. Spoiler light. Playing the cop or the mysterious man that enters your home, and star-studded cast. But with all that star-studded power, the game just kind of falls up short. Mm. And it's a little bit of a bummer because this is published by... Granted, games developed by Luis and Antonio. 
Uh, is that right? Or in to- was it uh, Luis Antonio published by Annapurna Interactive? We love Annapurna. Um, Outer Wilds. Yeah. We love, you know, but this one kind of, kind of misses the mark a little bit. We can get into it more. The game honestly just kind of feels bad. It's <laughs> incredibly, wow. incredibly choppy. The animations don't feel smooth. Uh, it's unpolished. It just feels unfinished to be perfectly honest. And I think one of the things, to be fair, I did find that this actually got a little bit better as the game went on for whatever reason. However, the first like hour I was playing, it was egregiously bad and did kind of not did it. It very much so took me out of the game. The amount of overlapping voice dialogue that oh, I yeah, tell I clearly know. isn't meant to actually be voice dialogue like people talking over one another was terrible and just disgustingly bad yeah there's one moment where fucking cop like (laughs) it's like when when he enters and he pins down your wife for the first time and is handcuffing her after you've already been handcuffed and he's like interrogating her you know like where's the watch everything why'd you kill your father if you just like click on him your character the the husband will just awkwardly keep trying to like talk over him and say Sir sir sir, 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 sir. It's like sir? your wife is literally getting tied up, and <laughs> yeah, your and dialogue you is a sir, sir? Uh, sir. Yeah, and like even the wife's dialogue is so bad during that part too. It's just like, hey, what are you doing? It's like you're getting tied up by a man in your apartment. Scream for your life, for God's sake! Like, like you got this, neighbors do anything. Yeah. yeah, and the door is um, open. Oh, that that was. A, I, that was I a think maybe point. some of those, the re- some of the reasons it's so bad and not realistic can be kind of attributed to to the some twist. of the, the plot devices and some of the stuff in the story which we can get into but but it's not like a pass for me and yeah the game just doesn't feel great um i i kind of started enjoying it once you get the revelation of what your wife actually did with her father and kind of what actually like happened there and then I did enjoy when I realized just how much freedom you have within your little apartment to kind of craft each, uh, to craft each setup, setup, and to kind of stage it like a play almost every time. You can literally even, and this is kind of terrible because like I, this is kind of terrible. That you can do this, and I literally just did it to find out if I could. <laughs> but you can literally stab your wife like that's yeah. you can do that to one of in one of the things and then you just sit there until the cop gets there he's like you you what <laughs> <laughs> and and then you could stab yourself too then you can stop yourself you can you do can kill the cop yeah you can yeah kill the cop you kind of have unlimited freedom to do quite a bit of things which i'll give the game credit for but that's as that's as far as that, that might be as far as i go on this <laughs> one I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you on pretty much everything you said. Uh, overlapping dialogue, choppiness, um, the animations. The, the game, I think, needed quite a bit amount of work um, just to make it flow like a lot better and polished off a little bit more. Maybe six months, maybe a year. Um, and, well, here's the thing. There's polish. There was problems with the polish on the game, but then there was problems with the actual story, in my opinion, and the actual structure of the game. The, the gameplay loop is is this. I mean, you 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 get you're given a situation. You're in an apartment. A guy is gonna break down your door and tie you and your wife up. What are you gonna do about it? Right. Uh. Well, number one, let's figure out why he's doing it. 
Number two, let's find the pocket watch that he wants so bad. Number three, let's figure out how to incapacitate him. And you start kind of moving forward and learning new things and learning new things. That part is pretty fun. Everything else, you're, you're, you're just trying to get to a certain point where you know enough information that's going to reveal the twist that's, that's supposed to occur. But once you reveal the twist, there's still a, a couple hours of learning how to get out of it after yeah. that. So if you're creating a mystery game, or let's say you're creating, a, you're just writing a mystery story, a book, a movie, a game, whatever. You're supposed to play with your cards very close to your chest and drop them and reveal the twist at the very end, like hopefully within the last five minutes of your story, right? But the biggest twist in this in this game kind of shows up early. And when the other twist shows up, it's kind of just like, it feels like Deus Ex Machina. It feels like an excuse. It's just <laughs> really lame. And I mean, could we could we spoil it at uh, this point? Yeah. yeah. The twist is you're not actually caught in a time loop. You're playing through a situation in your own head in a weird rogue therapy session. How do I, how do we even how do we even explain this one? You're in love with your half sister, and your father is trying to convince you not to be. And you in this apartment, see how stupid that's, and you in this apartment is your he, your own brain's manifestation of this reality, and the cop is the manifestation of your dad, your, you and your, you and your half-sister's dad. And it, it, there's like misdirection, and there's a twist here, and oh, like your wife killed her dad eight years ago, that's why the cop's there. And then ultimately, the, the whole plot device is like, oh, actually, none of it's real. Isn't that crazy? Ain't that yeah, crazy? Yeah. It's just like, okay, yeah, none of it's real. Sick. Like, it's like the whole, like, it reminds me of the whole, like, oh, it was all a dream. Like, oh, this fan, you know, Pokemon, it's actually just all Ash's dream. Oh, oh yeah. Th- yeah. It's like, it feels, it's you a can very, say that about anything. It, it always It's a huge cop me. out yeah. at the end of the day. And it's just, I mean, it, it just, it doesn't make like the journey worth it. Just the fact that, I don't know. I, I think the idea of a game presenting itself in a time loop and like presenting, you know, presenting itself as someone, the main character being someone that is going through this unique therapy to try and get through their traumas. Um, and they're going through this unique therapy with their dad where they're in a like time loop revisiting a scenario trying to work past the trauma. I think that idea is actually pretty unique and pretty cool. What I don't think is cool and what I don't like and I think is just really fucking weird is when the, the trauma is fucking incest. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, there's no way in my mind that like that was a good story choice. I mean, I, I don't know. I just maybe I'm being too critical of it, but I just don't think incest is a good like plot point for any medium really, whether that's a video game or a TV show or a book, maybe if you're some like weird hentai, sure. Fine. Yeah. There's incest in that, but like, (laughs) um, you know, it's like, it's not just why, like why go barring like a bum fuck, like middle America. Like it's not relatable, you know, Lucas and I didn't play this game and think like, Oh man, that trauma. I get it. That's tough, yeah. bro. Like, <laughs> no, most, most normal people aren't going to relate to that by any means, you know? And like, yeah. even the weirdos that do, it's probably like their second cousin, not their fucking half sister. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just a very bizarre. 
And there's no explanation for it either. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you're in love with your half sister. Yeah. And now you're now and the whole game has been taking place inside of your own head to deal with that. It's yeah, like, and like why am I in love with my f- half sister? And it's weird too, because it's even framed in the in your psychological thing that you're going through, it's framed as being like, oh, you don't know it's your half sister. But when you get to the real world, the idea is like, oh, you do actually know it's your half sister. Yeah, exactly. Care. So you're just playing this fucking disgusting human being yeah. that is in love with his half sister and wants to like have a baby, have like sexual relations with her. And again, just it's, it's very sick, honestly. Yeah. And nothing, I don't know. It's, you know, a little weird that this is, you know, Luis has all this creative freedom. He f- finally gets to create the game he wants, probably, and tell the story he wants to tell. You know, no, no big corporations butting over him, telling him what to do. And then this is the game he chooses to I make. Know. And again, it's like one of those things of like, I love the overarching idea and the execution, or I love the, I love the or- overarching idea. You like the concept, I, and I love the concept, but I don't love how he filled in the plot outline. Yeah. Cause I don't know, just like incest. Why? That? Yeah. I yeah. I know. It's just, and it's I'm not trying crazy. to say like, I'm not trying to say that I have a better idea cause I don't, I don't at the moment for like what kind of framing, but I don't know like childhood, you know, let's take this exact same time type of game, similar thing. And maybe instead of the, your wife, maybe, you know, you have an actual wife and you have a kid and the cop comes in and accuses your wife of child abuse, right? That'd be more interesting. And maybe that's somehow you working through your own child abuse with your own father. That'd be a more interesting story. I thought you said probably, you didn't have any idea, a better idea. Well, you I just, just gave did. Us a better yeah, idea. <laughs> I just did. And that was off the top of my head. I thought, I thought 10 seconds about that and I got a, got a better idea already. That'd be a more interesting story to me. Something like that. Because I'm sure that's much more relatable to a lot of people out there rather than fucking incest. Yeah. Um, that really, yeah, that really, that really got you. Yeah. It's just, and it blows me away that that's what they decided to do that with. And that aside too, like, sorry, Lucas, um, just the game design, like, I don't know. It, it's just, it doesn't feel smooth. And one of my biggest little nitpicks with it was the inventory was so bad yeah the inventory the, management just just so yeah so whenever you open the inventory the game will automatically pause and for me i feel like the game should have kept going you know it should have been fluid rather than always pausing whenever you open the inventory it felt very uh, in the way is what i would is how i would describe it but that's just me yeah and for me i mean just going back to the story ideas real quick is like take something the the twist is that there is no real time loop right yeah to me that's very disappointing. No matter what the no matter what it is, right? It's like we played Outer Wilds, we played Oxen Free. These games have time loops in them. Outer Wilds, like And they so, handled them well. Yeah. Outer Wilds is so ballsy, it explains every single theoretical scientific like situ it, it, it fully explains the time loop in a true theoretical scientific way. Like it yeah. says, Hey, you are actually in a time loop. It's real. By the way, this is not a dream. And here's why you're in the time loop. Here's the devices that are enabling it. Here's the system that's been set up. Here's why you're in it. And it takes a while for you to discover it. But that's the joy of discovering it. And they actually explain it with like loose physics, like like somewhat probable in our own world. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is sick. Like, yeah, within most of the theoretical physics that we know in our own world right now and some of the liberties that they took in the in the outer wilds world, this time loop makes sense. 
this time loop actually had a lot of thought put into it. With 12 minutes, it's it, there's just like no thought put into it. It's just like, oh, the time loop's just not real, dude. It's just not real. It's like, okay, why am I playing the game? Like, why why am I here if this time loop isn't real? Like, and the whole, the, the payoff is supposed to be the time loop's not real, but you know what is real? The incestuous love you have for your half-sister that your father is trying to help you work through. Yeah. It's why like, not? why is that any better? <laughs> why is that any cooler? Yeah. Like, how is that any cooler? It's it's mind-blowing. Um, man, I'm getting and real And I think what people <laughs> support Getting real heated game, here. <laughs> I think that when people support this game, what they'll say, I think, I think they'll say something along the lines of, oh, the game's about just overcoming past traumas, but okay, then why do you, again, why does the medium use for that? incest you know there's so many other examples of trauma that you could use so yeah a very very odd decision but whatever did you uh, just another quick aside did you find that the dialogue choices that you had to make in this game were really weird the way they were formatted was really weird because we just played disco elysium and like we basically when you pick dialogue in this game there was just it paused the game and then there was just a massive choice on in the center of your screen yeah again it's just like kind of another ui choice and wasn't fluid um one of the things that i think was so great about disco elysium is how it integrated the dialogue to seamlessly flow continuously throughout the conversations uh for one again you know it didn't automatically interrupt per se like what was happening and it was on the side of the screen, which actually I saw another trailer for an RPG recently that had the, the same thing. No, it had it like in the more traditional way in the bottom and kind of like towards the middle bottom of the screen, like the dialogue boxes. And it really is kind of crazy how much real estate that takes up. So I'm a huge proponent of all dialogue boxes and games in the future being how they are in Disco Elysium. Yeah, actually kind fan. of incredible how much just from a ui perspective how much it frees up on the screen but yeah and then this game takes up your whole fucking screen and, and pauses which <laughs> is just like why um, yeah it it makes the game feel unnatural it makes it even feel even choppier than it already is it just the game does every opportunity it has to flow it chooses not to yeah i i agree and that's the thing that like kind of going back to like the ui choices the uh animations and just the level of polish that i don't think quite got there with this game i don't even think that that would have really helped it like let's say the ui was fixed the inventory like was a little bit better um you know the dialogue trees felt a little more natural and less like just stock you know the the actual themes and the story and the reasoning behind the time loop itself are not strong. So no matter how much you polish the game, you're still going to have these very big problems with your twists. The twists in the story are pretty pedestrian, and I don't think there's a lot of originality in here. The dialogue. Can we talk about the dialogue between the characters? It's fucking primitive, bro. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like, just one example. Primitive. And I'll th- we'll throw in right here some parts of of the dialogue like the cop literally walks in the apartment and the first thing he says is i'm with the police turn around please that's willem defoe's first line like basically when you see him he says i'm with the police turn around please not a threatening line doesn't even say he has a warrant doesn't say who he is doesn't show you a badge like it's almost as if this whoever wrote that part up and whoever the whole team had never even seen a cop show, let alone like 
asked a cop what you would say in that situation. And I know it's supposed to be a dream that the main character's having, right? That's just like an excuse yeah. for the dialogue, maybe. But it's like, why can't he say something else? And when your wife is getting tied up, her dialogue that she says is, hey, hey, help me. Help me. Yeah. And she's like... Just- it, you're lady you are getting tied up by a man in your apartment you fucking scream for your life like cuss him out like this game is rated m do something right anything like, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's daisy ridley just saying hey hey help me hey you stop yeah stop no what are you doing <laughs> yeah it's like what is why is the dissonance between the dialogue sir? and what is happening yes yeah, sir. Sir. sir sir like <laughs> there is so much uh, there's such a disconnect between what is happening and what i'm hearing and on top of that the dialogue is like you said overlapping with other dialogue i'm with the police turn around please what me yes you hands behind your back let's go hold still whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, hey you're hurting me Now you, hands behind what your back, going please. On? Don't move. Help me. Will you come help me? No, come on. Don't. My wrists. I don't know what you This is a mistake. Babe, will you tell him? This is a misunderstanding. You're under arrest for your father's murder eight years ago. No, no, no. That can't be right. Shut up. You know what this is. Now, where's your father's watch? My father? Please, hey, look, I... It's, biz- it's incredibly bizarre. It's... Yeah, it just doesn't... I'm just going to say I, it. It just doesn't work. I have a, uh, I have a quote here uh, from a, uh, a review of the game at Slant Magazine, Justin Clark, Slant Magazine. Uh, he wraps up his review of 12 Minutes by saying this. A little bit of justification for the terror for the horrible dissonance of the characters feeling so inhuman is provided to the players in the end. He's referring to the twist. But it's a long road to get there, and even the most generous take on 12 minutes catches an absolute beating from its final twist. A plot point so abysmally mishandled in nearly every conceivable way that it would have demolished the game even if the script had a top-to-bottom rewrite. Damn. I mean, it's I, that's that's very i guess we've been talking as harshly about the plot as that but abysmally mishandled i i think i'd agree with that like yeah it's just it's just a pretty abysmally mishandled ending in my opinion and one thing too is like i was i was watching this interview um Luis Antonio had two interviews in anticipation for this game uh one with thegamer.com a written interview and one with ign.com and great interviews you know he's talking about the game he's a very very passionate film or he's sorry a very passionate uh video game developer he's clearly been working in the business for a long time knows his stuff and he was he's excited for for 12 minutes as a whole and he said in an interview that the game was gonna last eight hours and like i don't understand like did he not play his own game this game was three tops tops right and like if you just play it at a natural progression and natural pace, there's no way it will take you eight hours. Yeah. And like, if yeah. it's taking you eight hours, that's a very, very boring five hours. Eight hours, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it might be fun for the first like two and maybe the ending, you're gonna catch something fun happening, but like, there's no way anybody's having fun for eight full hours playing this game. That's There's just not enough content in there. 
No, and if you are playing it that long, you're just repeating loops and not making progress. Yeah. Yeah, and like experimenting or killing yourself or killing your wife or the trying to kill the, the cop or whatever. It's just, oh man, we should, uh, we're still on initial thoughts, technically. Yeah, I mean, I, we kind of dipped into game design and all that good stuff too, I think, so. Yeah, well, we'll move straight on to, to game design because when did it click? I'm not sure if that applies on uh on our categories on this on this show here but i actually did look up some of this stuff with uh luis antonio the again the the head developer he said that the game was initially uh supposed to be a whole city and it was supposed to be a 24-hour time loop um very ambitious very very big idea there sort of like a like a literal groundhog day situation where Mm -hmm. you're playing through a full city a full day and you're learning more and more accumulated knowledge as you move forward um, and then he realized that as he started shrinking the game and shrinking the setting, he felt like he liked it quite a bit more. I wonder though, like, would it still have been like all taking place in the character's head at the, at the end of the day? Like if it was a yeah. whole city, you know, like, I mean, Groundhog Day is one of my favorite movies. They don't even explain the time loop. It kind of just ends <laughs> and like, it's just, it's way cooler that way. Um, he's, uh, heavily influenced the game, uh, 12 Minutes heavily influenced by movies like Memento, Rear Window, filmmakers like Alfred Hitchcock, Stanley Kubrick. The carpet, the carpet outside of your apartment is the carpet from The Shining. Very like obvious. It kind of feels like the hallways shining. As- yeah, it's literally like the most obvious movie reference that anybody makes. I that that's like a little too cutesy to me. Like, I mean, it's just a little like, come on now. <laughs> uh, I love The Shining. We, we've everybody Shining's loves great. it. It's like everybody's talked about it. It's classic. It's horror. Everybody's inspired by The Shining. But like, do we have to throw in the literal carpet that like everybody already knows where that's from in the game? It's like, could we be a little bit more subtle? I don't know. Um, but like I said, the general game design is you play through a loop, you learn a little bit of more information, and then you get the next clue and learn more information. And you just kind of keep going like that, keep going like that. And you try different setups depending on what's going on to learn more information. One setup I did like, uh, I will I will fully admit I really love this setup, was you. there's a light switch in your apartment that is like glitched out and kind of broken. And the uh, what I did was I... Put, gave my wife some sleeping pills so she fell asleep. Then I hid in the closet. And then when the cop came in, he tried to go into the bedroom to, to see the wife. And he flipped on the light switch and became incapacitated because it shocked him. And then you tie him up and just that was like, oh, okay. The game actually played out in a, in a predictable manner. And all the actions that I took here, everything worked. That was cool. And I think that's where the game actually could have leaned into quite a bit more. If there was like, if you could extend that, maybe do a few more of those types of setups and maybe have the payoff be a little bit stronger, I think the game could have really worked. But again, that's, uh, we've already kind of talked about why it didn't. Actually, yeah, I was trying to think about any more like intricate setups like that that happened in the game and there really aren't any. That's kind of the most intricate one. That was the most intricate one. The rest of them are just really picking up different dialogue as the game goes on and then calling his daughter that one time. There's not really any other... I guess, puzzles to solve in that regard. Yeah. Did you have the same dialogue with your wife like 10 times? Because I feel like I did. Yes. Yeah. Where you, you to reveal be fair, to her. You can like fast forward through the dialogue a little bit though. Yeah. But it's like a great fast forward feature. That's even the fast forward feature feels kind of janky. Yeah, the yeah. Fast forward, fast forwards line by line. So you can't skip the whole dialogue like option. 
you have to like skip it line by line and just keep yeah. pushing your button over and over again. I think the it was the option where you reveal to your wife that you're in a time loop and trying to get her to like convince her that you are. And I must have done that dialogue like 10 to 15 times yeah. because I because it, it was necessary for like so many different loops and setups. And it just got so played out where it was just like, oh, my God, like I really have to do that one again. It doesn't take that long. It's just like there's nothing. What new was developing. nice, though, is once you figure out the whole thing with her running away from her house, you can just prove it really quickly with that. Yeah, leading that's up what to I'm that, talking about. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about is even that when you I, I did that particular one where you prove it to her by saying, like, oh, because hey, that sets up the rest. I mean, that's how like every major loop starts after a certain point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like literally there's more than half of the loops that I had. You had to prove to your wife that that you were in a time loop and you did that by selecting a dialogue tree or some a dialogue choice that was unlocked at a certain point in the game. And literally every, like at a certain point in the game, all your loops are going to have to go through that dialogue choice first. And the dialogue choice gets so played out. It's just like, Hey, I know that you killed your dad. I know that you ran away. I know that, I know that this happened. Uh, and the lightning strike is going to happen right here. And a cop's going to come in and it's like, okay, this is the, I've heard this so many times. It got boring for me. <laughs> yeah, it's very repetitive. And I mean, that's just the nature of a game. That's a time loop. But let's look at a game that's a time loop that doesn't get boring. Outer Wilds. Right? <laughs> no, we're going to keep defaulting to that one. Um, I know. Outer Wilds is unfair to compare things to that game. Such a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, the game loop isn't strong enough to really make it fun, I guess. And the dialogue doesn't flow that well. And the dialogue is, it just feels choppy with the way the UI is and how every dialogue choice is a pause in the story. It just doesn't feel smooth and it doesn't feel natural in a way a game that says like, say like Disco Elysium or even a game like Oxenfree did. Like Oxenfree had a very smooth dialogue, I felt like. Or a game like, what's another game, you know? Um, I guess those are the biggest dialogue heavy games we've played, but you know what I mean? It just, it doesn't, right. it doesn't flow. It doesn't feel smooth. And in a game where one of the main mechanics is, you know, talking and uncovering new mysteries from people it, that needs to, needs to feel good. It needs to feel smooth. And yeah. when it doesn't, you're, you're failing at the game. And yeah, um, I'm blown away that he wanted to make this game a 24 hour time loop originally. I mean, obviously I'm sure it probably would not have been a full 24 hours, but that said, I'm very curious to see if he would have done anything differently, made any different choices with how he approached the game design and like the simple, you know, uh, the simple conversation structures and things like that would have been interesting to see if he would have done anything differently. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of puzzles he maybe would have done there rather than, you know, just having having you stuck to a little apartment. Because again, to be fair, at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do in an apartment, I guess. But also, that's a creative choice that he should have been prepared to deal with. Yeah, exactly. And I, this will lead me right into art style, which we're going to cover right now. Are you good with game design? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, art style, the apartment, the set piece, the everything about it. It's just super lame. <laughs> I, I, okay. As far as art style goes. Um, I have experienced some Luis Antonio art because I played The Witness for 100 hours and I loved it. Um, really, really great art, really great direction in that game. 
Um, but for me, the art in 12 minutes doesn't really get there. Um, it's very minimal. It's very stripped down. The set and the design and the apartment itself is extremely toned down. Um, there's not a lot to look at. There's not a lot just to inter... I mean, there's a lot to interact with, to, to be fair, but... It just doesn't even really look like a real apartment. I mean, there's well, just the way it's set up. Yeah. If, like, if that was your apartment, it would be sad as hell. Like it just wasn't a real like the set, the the way it was set up and aligned and all that. It just wasn't like it didn't look like a real it didn't feel like a real place. You know, I get it because it's not a real place. But the whole idea is that it's supposed to feel like a real place until until you realize that it's not. So it's like this nonsensical setup for an apartment where how does a couple live in an apartment with a couch and a table and a bed? Like there's literally, there's no TV. There's the no bed's any- literally just facing like the dining table or the, the, excuse me, the, the dresser is just, no, the bed is facing a dresser Yeah, with yeah. a plant on the dresser. And, and then like, in the living room, it's just like one little couch facing a, facing a table, a table. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing in the apartment. And like, at first, it didn't really bother me, but like you spend all your time in there, and then it becomes like, wait, this apartment doesn't make any sense. Like the 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 layout of it doesn't work. No couple would live this way. Why am I here? And like, <laughs> I don't know. It it it's just it's just really lame. It, there's there's a, there's a very specific choice of not being able to see any characters' faces and not knowing any characters' names. So you. <laughs> Uh, like even th- there's a there's a thing that you can do where you can look through the peephole of the, the door right and when the cop comes up you can see him walk up to your apartment door before he breaks in and his face is blurred literally just a blurred mob why like why yeah. why do that at all like i i don't i don't understand the the choice there like why are we not allowed to see any characters faces are we not meant to empathize with anybody are we not meant to see what these people look like and if so why that's not really explained is it supposed to be a i know it's supposed to be a dream but like even in the reality that you end up coming to later you still don't see any characters faces and you're real. The guy is real. Yeah. He's the he's just a manifestation of your father. So it should be your father's face in reality. But it's you don't see it. So it's I don't know. It's just a weird choice. And and that specific peephole thing, it, it didn't even come across as like, oh, they're blurring his face intentionally. I get it. It just looked like laziness to me. I was just like, what the fuck? Did they not like when I looked at it, I was like Oh, they forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought too. Like one of the one one cool thing is like I don't know if you've seen Kill Bill. Have you seen Kill Bill? I haven't actually. I need to. They specifically censor Uma Thurman's name in in Kill Bill Volume One at the very. I I, I forget when it eventually comes up. It does eventually come up, but like she'll say her name and there's just a bleep in the movie. She'll go like I'm beep. And it's, it's a very intentional, you as an audience, you go like, oh, okay, I'm just not meant to know her name right now. Like, it's very clear that they bleeped out her name right at that moment. But in this game, it's like, are we not supposed to see his face and why? And like, it just feels like they just didn't think about that. It just feels like they yeah. just didn't put throw in their faces. And it, it, I, don't, I just don't know why. I mean, I'm a human being. I like seeing faces. Like, that's what we want to see. So this is probably the first game we've played without faces. I'm gonna put it that way. I I think it could have been cool. It, it could have been done well, like if 
if it was a clearly blurred out face, you know, right? Like you're saying, like a very clear intentional sensor. Yeah. However, it very clearly just looks like literally the model, but zoomed in and blurry. That's exactly, it doesn't look like intentional at all. Yeah. So it just looks, I don't know, the whole game looks like The Sims 2. <laughs> I played a lot of that growing up. It literally just looks like The Sims 2. Um, it's just bad. To be fair, I don't think the art was necessarily the part of this game. And I think maybe some of the reason the apartment is staged the way it is is because it's all like a dream or whatever. But it still just sucks. I'm sorry. But, it doesn't matter. No, but my, but my argument would be you're not supposed to know that it's a dream until like right. the, last, the last act of the game, like the very last reveal. So why... I, am I supposed to see the twist and see that it's a dream and then go, oh, that's why the apartment looked like shit. Oh, yeah, it makes so much sense. Like, no, it should have looked real the whole time, like as a way to throw you off. If that's your if that's your goal. Right. Also, I hated how the blood looked. <laughs> it looked so cartoony. I know it did. It just looked like yeah. clumps of solid object. It didn't. look. Yeah, like just like, like it, clumps of object spilling out. It was very. It, didn't, it did very not look like choice. liquid at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sound design. OK, <laughs> so. I'm kind of torn on certain parts of this. So the score, the score is actually decent. I thought the score to the game, um, the soundtrack and all that was pretty fine. The voice acting, I think with what was given to them and probably like with how they directed, how they were directed, I think James McAvoy and Daisy Ridley actually did pretty okay. I think it was fine. I think Willem Dafoe did a good job, honestly. He did an amazing job. Um, you know, this isn't to me, this isn't like a, like for like, um, a, a bad example of a celebrity in a video game doing voice acting would be Keanu Reeves doing Johnny Silverhand. Right. And to be fair, a lot of that can be credited to maybe potentially some of the directing that was given to them or them not having enough context in scenes, but that's like a, a pretty bad example of a, of a not, a not great performance. Right. This is like an okay performance in my mind. Like it's not bad. It's not spectacular, but like it's, it's good. It's acceptable. And that said though, I am not, I, I had to look up a video of them, like a, like a behind the scenes shoot of the voice acting of the recording sessions to like be convinced it was actually Daisy. Ridley it James did not McAvoy. sound like Daisy Ridley and, and James McAvoy. But, I didn't understand. Yeah. To me, I think we're just used to hearing them in, in roles with their accents. Whereas here they were playing American accents or what New York accents, I guess, whatever that city is. And I mean, it's definitely them. Like uh, James McAvoy, I'm just not, I think we're just not used to hearing with anything but a, some sort of British European accent. Same thing for Daisy Ridley. Cause think about it. What do you mostly know Daisy Ridley for? I've only seen her in Star, Star Wars. Wars. I mean, I've yeah. seen her in something else, but mainly Star Wars. Uh, Orient Express. She was in the Orient oh, Express. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a, and something that's else wow. I've seen her too. But I, at least from what I can remember, everything I've heard her in, she has either her native British. She's British, right? I actually don't know. I'm pretty sure she's British. She has like either some sort of British accent or some of the European accent. So it's very weird hearing her in James McAvoy with like good old American accents. You know? Yeah, I, I, I pretty much agree with what you said. I think that this is must be sort of a problem that happens when you get like a celebrity voice in a video game. I think video game development is so tumultuous that when you have an actor record some genuine lines, like think about you're, you're an A-list Hollywood actor doing video game voice lines. 
you're really only going to be able like the Keona Reeves lines and Daisy Ridley, James McAvoy, Willem Dafoe. These people are busy as hell, right? They're like going from movie to movie, TV shows, guest stars, uh, interviews, talk shows, everything. So there's a small window of time where they're probably really recording their dialogue for 12 minutes. Right. And once they record the dialogue for 12 minutes, that's it. That's all you got as a developer. And You're if not the animation back for retakes or anything. Yeah. And if the animation changes, if you want to, if you actually want to change the script or change the direction that something's going or go like, you know what? This line is actually way too like, it's not sad enough. It's not panicky enough. Like my theory is probably Daisy Ridley, they might not have like, for instance, I said, one of my criticisms is like, she's not panicky enough when she's getting tied up by the cop in the apartment. Right. But it's possible that at the time that she recorded her lines, the script called for her not being not screaming while she was getting tied up yet because she wasn't getting tied up yet you know, or something like that. So maybe the developers said, hey, you know what? It actually, here's the order of events. Gets tied up, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody goes, well, her line isn't strong enough if she's getting tied up. So you, you kind of run to this timing issue where if you make a change to something because it, it makes sense for the order of events in a video game, you still have just that voice line and the way that the actor delivered it. Which probably why so many Johnny Silverhand lines fell out of place. Because yeah. maybe maybe we said that Keanu Reeves maybe wasn't getting enough direction, but maybe he got good direction and they decided to change the scene on him. You know? And there's nothing anybody could really do about that except for have better planning. Um, so who knows? Yeah, I think video game in parts yeah, when you bring in a celebrity, I think there's probably they're probably working on a very, very tight timeline. And any mistakes that come out after the fact are probably just mistakes they have to live with. So I think that's just the nature of the beast with probably voice acting in games. You know, it's not like where you're on a film set for two months or like where Marvel has the power to call back people to do like reshoots or something like that. You know, yeah, it's very contained. Yeah, exactly. And I think when it comes to something, yeah, like you said, like, you know, ADR happens all the time. Like actors have to replace their dialogue months and months after shooting on set and that's part of that job you know it's sort of an expected thing when it comes to making movies and in a video game it's like you got to figure willem dafoe is probably like hey i already gave you 50 hours of recording my voice in a studio for your video game you're done like that's it i, that's I got all, yeah. paid that's my contract like if the line doesn't make sense with the emotion that i gave it at this particular moment that's on you. you that's what you told me to read you know that's like what the director gave him at that yeah. time. And if they changed anything for the game, well, they're still stuck with that voice line. So that's, that's a, I, I sympathize. That's probably a very difficult problem. It's probably a very difficult line to ride. Um, but also, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> also, God damn it. The, the dialogue doesn't work sometimes. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Let's see if anything else you want to add. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's all I got for sound design, yeah. actually. All right. The NPC award. Yeah. Uh, there's um, really only two. <laughs> there's only two that you can give it to, the wife or the cop, and I'm going to give it to the cop, I guess. Yeah. I liked Willem Dafoe's uh, performance, personally. Um, granted, I, some of the lines he had to read weren't great, but he read the lines great, I thought. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree there. Uh, lines himself were maybe just us. But no, Willem Dafoe's great. Uh, great actor. And... Uh, I think this is my first time I've heard him doing any voice work, and so I enjoyed that. I don't think I've heard. Uh, do you know of any other voice work he's done? 
no, I mean, his voice is so strong, so unique. You know, yeah. I just feel like whatever he's in, it's like he's doing great voice work. <laughs> you know, yeah, Willem, Willem Dafoe is amazing. All right. Uh, <laughs> companion piece pick. I have a fun companion. Okay, let's companion go, go with yours. Let's let's hear it. So <laughs> I was trying to think of what to give this one. Um, and I, I couldn't. So uh, this game had got a lot of outlets gave it very good reviews and I don't really understand why I don't really understand the hype around this game. A lot of YouTubers seem to have liked it. I just don't get why it's considered to be, I mean, obviously Lucas and I've kind of harped on it this whole episode. I just don't think it's a great game. So this is kind of more very much a, a me companion piece, but I picked, um, <laughs> Billy Eilish for my companion. Piece. Just, just the whole Billy as Eilish. a general Billy Eilish, because, <laughs> um, you know, I just with Billie Eilish, I just don't get the hype. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great companion piece. I listen to her and I'm like, it's nice, but she's just like whispering into the mic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> dang, dude, you're gonna so, upset a lot of people. I know, uh, Billie Eilish. I'm sorry, folks, for those that like her. I just don't really get it, get it. <laughs> and for this game, I, yeah, I just don't get the hype. So that's my wow. uh, that's my uh, companion piece. Pick. I, I love that. You're so brave. Yeah. <laughs> my Very companion brave. my companion piece pick is rear window um yeah uh alfred hitchcock film watched it not too long ago actually um it influenced him quite a bit here uh, alfred hitchcock generally influenced uh, Luis antonio in making 12 minutes um it's all rear windows pretty much all shot in one location in one apartment in the city um, and it's about a guy who has broken his leg. He's a photographer that has broken his leg and he starts spying on his neighbors and he uh, thinks that one of his neighbors murdered his wife oh. and he's trying to prove it. But he also thinks he's going crazy. Um, so kind of a voyeuristic view into, you know, living in the city, having weird neighbors, um, all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a it's an Alfred Hitchcock movie. I mean, it's a great movie. Um, kind of a, a mystery, a lot of, you know, very, very great thriller. So highly recommend the movie Rear Window. It probably won't live up to the hype, uh, or sorry, 12 minutes definitely doesn't live up to the quality of something like a Rear Window. But for those of you out there that maybe if you enjoyed 12 minutes and you've just hated us this whole entire episode, we'll <laughs> go watch Rear Window if you haven't watched it already. And hopefully you'll like that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, wow. Favorite moment. I don't have one. I just straight up I, don't have one. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess if I had to choose one, it would be what I described earlier. That setup where you incapacitate the cop and then tie him up. That was cool. That sequence was cool. Uh, I don't have one really either, to be honest. It's kind of crazy because I honestly, I'll be honest, I, think I just forgot to fill this in. But I, like, I definitely read it. I probably just read it and was like, oh, I don't really have one. I'll come back to it. So, And you still don't have one. <laughs> still don't really have one. Yeah. I guess my favorite moment was just in general hearing Willem Dafoe because he's fun. But yeah, no no proper favorite moment. Nitpicks. I mean, we've been going to that this whole time. We don't need to. Well, I don't think we need to go into that one. Anymore. Um, would you play other games from this developer? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think this is his first really foray. Luis, right? Luis uh, uh, Antonio, yeah. I mean, he's worked on other games like The Witness, obviously. Has he? What else has he worked on besides The Witness? Edith Finch and The Witness is what I saw he, him credited Edith for as the Both. as an artist. Okay, oh. I'd be very. I mean, 
I'd be interested to see what he does going forward, especially if he tries, if he sticks into the, if he sticks with this kind of, these kind of games, the more story-based games, the more kind of set pieces, like it's almost like a play, honestly, the game in, in certain parts that plays out differently each time. But because, you know, they're like actors and stuff too. It's kind of fun, I guess. But that part's kind of interesting. But I'd be interested to see if in his future games, if he sticks to that or if he strays into other styles of games. Yeah, I mean, and to see if maybe he recovers. I mean, obviously, some people think some people like this game. We don't. They're prerogative. Yeah, I get it. This is just our all our opinion, guys. Um, yeah. If you have a different opinion, that's totally cool too. But with Luis Antonio, I think that um, he's got some potential. I think uh, he needs to kind of maybe elevate um, into a level where his influences and what is inspiring him is a little. A little more obscure, maybe a little bit more up there. Like I mentioned it earlier, you know, I'm at the point where if I see the carpet from The Shining in your film or in your game, I kind of just roll my eyes. I'm kind of just like, dude, really? We're, we're here again? Like, <laughs> how many years have we been talking about The Shining? And like, how how do we do we have to keep talking about it or referencing it in this very obvious way every time? And I don't know. I think that if Luis Antonio wants to level up and create the next great game, um and make a game that will be like a lucas game um which is very selfish of me to say uh just elevate a little bit above what what's influencing you maybe get a little bit more subtlety under your belt or maybe try and think about your game in a little bit more of like a i don't want to say like what's relatable to me Although I do think that incest is a weird choice as a main <laughs> driving force I think we've we've talked about that quite a bit but maybe find something that can be a little bit would tap into maybe a more universal human theme. Um, something that can maybe hit people a little bit harder right to their heart um, as your driving force or your main twist, if you're doing something like that. Yeah. Um, so that would be my biggest advice. I think Luis Antonio is probably going to be a really great um, developer to watch over the years. If he's coming out with another game in a couple of years, maybe two, three years from now develops another one. Um, I mean, We'll play it. We'll yeah. talk about it. We'll see if there's been any improvement. But right now, this game, um, I mean, it's at a 78 out of 100 on Metacritic. And some some places have really been talking very highly of this game. Um, I saw like GameSpot gave it a good score. IGN gave it a good score. IGN Portugal gave it a great score. So it's it's really hitting something for people. It just Resonating not somewhere. Yeah, it's not for us. Not for us, yeah. So All right. Well, I think you kind of just gave your final conclusive thoughts there. That's what I got. More or less. I mean, I've been echoing it. I think the concept's cool of the game. I think the idea of using a game as a lens to look at past traumas with, and I think the idea of framing a time loop as a psychological experiment to confront traumas is interesting. I don't think incest is a cool trauma to like put in a game. Uh, I don't think it's a... And, I, you know, I mean... I guess I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone that like maybe has been forcibly f experiencing that kind of trauma, but like this is a person in the game that's like very willingly taking on a taboo, you know? Yeah. In like most parts of the world. So it's just like, it's basically just them trying to get past the fact that, that by like societal standards, they're a sick fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That's just, that's just what this game is. And it's just not compelling. It's not a relatable issue. It's, it's, I mean, it's probably not a relatable issue. It's just not great. So yeah. hopefully he 
I, I, I'd love to see what he does in the future, and I'd be very interested to check it out. Uh, all right, we have reached that point, Lucas. I, I, I would just like to say to you before we before we give our scores here, I think my favorite episodes for us to record. So there's like three ep- game episodes we can record, right? Ones where you and I disagree. Yeah. And maybe we argue so much we make some people uncomfortable, like in Cyberpunk. <laughs> uh, there's ones where we both really agree and we love the game, like either Disco Elysium or like, you know, Chrono Trigger, Chrono Trigger, uh, Titanfall. That those are fun for us to record, but might be a little bit more boring for the audience, not as exciting. I think the most fun for us to record and then probably maybe the most fun for the audience to listen to is when you and I both hate a game and yeah both just like it it's just just you and me being like that fucking sucked i know yeah <laughs> like, yeah i know i know who picked this game yeah <laughs> why are we playing this yeah uh that that was a uh, spongebob battle for bikini bottom rehydrated that was this one mm-hmm. and i think did we both hate uh dear esther did you like dear esther i forget you thought it was okay right i hate uh that you hated it i don't think i hated it but i didn't like it I think we both thought it was just like an overly wordy novel written by or poems written by like a 12 year old. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of where we landed on that one. Yeah, huh? yeah I loved um, the my favorite disagreeing episode is the A Way Out where like you love it for some <laughs> that, dumb that reason. Was... I fucking hated it. <laughs> it was you being like just hating it be like but we had fun together yeah yeah. you were like we had fun right and i'm like well i didn't (laughs) i had fun it's like you you guys should go listen that was a really funny game that was that was a funny game yeah thinking back i probably had fun but didn't want to admit it but it's like that meme where it's like are you two friends and one guy says yes, and the guy behind him is like, no, no actually, yeah. we're not. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, we um, had fun, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. You guys, um, if you haven't listened to it, go check out the Way Out episode. That was a, was a that's a co-op game. One of the only co-op games Lucas and I have done for the podcast. And super, super fun. Highly recommend it. Go check it out. Um, all right. So we've reached the point in the podcast, everyone, where Lucas and I give our ratings out of 10. This is the ultimate score that upsurps every other score out there, whether it's Metacritic, IGN, Game Informer, Walmart, Target, <laughs> what have you. Yeah, Walmart, um, Walmart's coveted rating system for games. Lucas, would you like to give our countdown? All right. Three, two, one. Three. Six. Three. Yeah, I gave it a three. Six. This, wow. So, so I didn't like it, but it kept my attention at the very okay, least. Okay, okay. Three is like i think the lowest i can give something that actually functions as a game like if a game is broken and unplayable that's the one or the two range what did you give cyberpunk cyberpunk i gave a six um i guess it was playable on stadia for you battle for bikini bottom i gave a four i think so i didn't want to give this higher than that so i gave it a three um it's not a game i would play again at all it's not really a game i would even recommend to people um it's just not this is probably that's the lowest score i think i've given on this podcast i i I, i'm I'm gonna stand by that yeah six for me it could have been a five but i liked at the end of the day what he was trying to do at the very least i just think the medium i just think the way he tried i just don't don't like him using incest as the thing but i like the idea of telling (laughs) trauma in a story and i like the idea of like using psychology or like having it be like a psychological experiment. I thought that was cool. But either way, that puts us at a nine, which I think for the first time ever, 
no, not the first time ever. But that land, no, that's the ten ten zone. No, no, the Sakura zone's the nine. Oh, I have is the 10, 10, 9, and 20. Okay. Oh, right. okay. Sakura. <laughs> We're in the Sakura zone. It's not a zone you want Sean to be. That's <laughs> not what she says when she punches shit. All I right. Uh, Sakura zone, our lowest zone, not a great zone to be in. Um, sorry, Luis. That's where you got. Yeah. I can't wait until one day when TFP ratings are on Wikipedia, and it's just like, it's not even the number scores. It's like Sakura zone. 10, yeah, 10, 10. <laughs> that's what it says. That's pretty great. Yeah. All, all right. right that's all we got today uh matt where can we find you online all right everyone well first off if you want to chat with us here at the podcast you can find us on twitter and instagram and tiktok at tfp podcasts that's tfp podcast then s at the end you can also shoot us an email thanks for playing pod at gmail.com um, if you want to hang out with me on the interwebs you can find me on twitter at good idea matthew but probably the best way to get in touch with me is you can join our Discord. Uh, you can find our Discord in our link tree, or you can find it on our website, thanksforplaying.live. You can find the invite links there. Or like I mentioned, if you go to our link trees on any of our social media handles, TFP Podcasts, you can also find the link to join the Discord there. Lucas, where can we find you? You could find me on Instagram at GoodIdeaLucas, but honestly, if you want to chat, uh, the Discord's probably going to be your best bet. Uh, always in the Discord, always replying to people and sparking some discussions. Uh, Matt and I are going to be doing some really cool stuff moving forward, including live stream recordings, um, you know, events for people in the Discord, whether we're playing games together online, Left 4 Dead, Back 4 Blood, anything co-op related. Um, we want to start generating um, the community to play games along with us so we can spark some yes. discussion, almost like a book club style thing, but for video games. So if there's any games out there that you're looking to play or you want to work through the Thanks for Playing library like we have, then join the Discord and let's talk about it. Yes, love it. All right, everyone, this has been Thanks for Playing. Catch you next time. Give it a bop. Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch, Red Circle, 